It is January 31st, <laughs> 2022. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. Oh, no. I'm late. Oh, oh there it is. See, I brought a second one, a second LaCroix. This is from the, uh, I think it's still like the fall pack from Costco. It's got the hibiscus one and the limoncello and the watermelon. They're all mm. solid flavors. They're all solid flavors. Oh, what a wuss, Tim. You need to get some liquid death in your life, man. <laughs> you sound like a Live Nation shill. And with that, thank you guys for tuning in on this lovely Monday evening Episode 100 and the 68 or is it 169? Is that right? It's 169. Yes. Thank you. Nice. Nice. I would have been so crushing if I came on 168. I would have been like, I would have just left and said, bring me back next week. You are on 168. Kevin was oh, on. No. Well, maybe I'll come back for <laughs> yeah. one. Well, then. bye. Bye, Joe. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. A little housekeeping. Um, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, notification bell icon, all that good jazz. You get the uh, notification whenever we go live on Monday evenings. We are back for the season. Back every Monday at 8 p.m. over here on YouTube, also on Twitter and on Twitch if you're into that kind of thing. Um, if you're watching or if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and or a review. We will read it live on the show. With that, I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Mr. Kevin Bradley, Mr. Dan James. And then we have returning guests. And uh, I, I can never get because this is not a mirrored camera because webcams oh. are it's impossible to. Anyway, we're, we're joined by Joe Patrick of 92.9 The Game, Dirty South Soccer, Five Stripe Final. And. I think hard hitting question first, Joe. I know we haven't had you back on in a while. I think mm-hmm. since spring training, person, let's talk about it. Since we're in, <laughs> no, I just I, I need you to confirm whether or not the rumors are true that um, you are that Fabrizio Romano is your uh, burner account. Actually, that's not true. But hey, Fabrizio, grab me, grab me a beer. <laughs> grab, me, grab me a beer. Now for he's, o- he's over in the other room. He's ignoring me. But yeah, we're just hanging out. You know, yeah, he's just- yeah, he says done deal. Here's the beer. <laughs> the beer is. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. It's been forever. Dude, uh, yeah, missed you. It's um, yeah. What it's, what I was going to say. You. What I was going to say before I was rudely interrupted by you guys to 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 say what I'm. Don't you know say how this right show now, works? <laughs> which is which is that this is really like you know. During the season, I've got you know a lot of bright stuff going on. I'm obviously recording my own podcast and stuff like that. Um, this is really the only one I listen to with any kind of regular occurrence. I'll, I'll dip into some other ones if they have a feature or something that I'm interested in. But I really think that you guys do the best job of like kind of really encapsulating a lot of the general opinion of LA United fans. Um, good or bad. So I was gonna um, say it's all chaos. That's the reason why. It's chaos. It is chaos. You know, it's been a yeah, it's been it's been a long journey. I mean, I'm I'm deadly serious. Where even like there's times where it's like, oh, you're disinterested and you're trying to like kind of coax yourself into like keeping it going. 
everybody, I think everybody, LA United fan has been there at, at some point over the last three, four years, you know? So, oh, yeah. um, no, I just want to say, I'm, I always love coming on talking to you guys. It's always a fun time. Well, we, we love having you. It's uh cheers. Um, I, I specifically like joining you guys in person so I can drink all of Kevin's bourbon. Yeah. Um, which it looks like I'm not a bourbon. When he's not there. That's it. makes it even, I can drink even more. I am not a drinker, but that looked like a Blanton's bottle. Was that a Blanton's yep. bottle? Yeah, yes, so I, I know it. A, a new one this weekend. I figured I can polish this one off since I've got a new one in the in the hole. So, and and you know why I know that's a Blanton's bottle because the amount of times that I've scouted for that bottle at a duty free shop on your behalf, <laughs> Kevin. It's every time I ever ever fly, ever go international, you can get the gold label, man. Yeah, it's uh, it so is what it is. It- that's that's one of the biggest reasons why we're uh, flying internationally for a honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy, I hope you're uh, I hope you're hearing this. Um, it, all of you guys that are tuning into the trap, it's been uh, it's been kind of uh, kind of busy since seven thirty five. Yeah, Elliot Beaven, Kendrick Brock, Richard Gordon, Jay Hannibal. Uh, who else we got? Chiefs coach Steve. We have Brent Crawford, Brittany S. Of course, we have Brittany S. The OG uh, Kendrick Brock. Haletto, Joey, uh, Michelle, Greg Fraser's back. We got everybody's coming to see you. Everybody's coming to see you, Joe. <laughs> and uh, Eric Ferreira, it's uh, a new name in the trap. I've never seen. He said, "Remind me what this place is." If anybody finds out, let me know because I've been trying to figure that out forever. Um, it's um, just a state of mind. That's what. That's like the tagline, right? It's a state of mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think this, you want to get in my brain. Is a life is good shirt, basically. <laughs> The <laughs> one, yeah, because all the soccer ball kicking that they do, the little guy does the little soccer ball kicking. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I feel like um, it's a good life shirt, but only a lot more faded and torn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's first say thanks, Joe, for your kind words. Uh, that's, oh yeah. Thank you very much. From the, from the heart. From the heart. Yeah. Great, man. It's um. Yeah, it's been it's been you know Joe and I were talking while we were waiting for you lazy bones to get into the studio earlier. Uh, we were talking about this is like the first time in a while I feel like we've been super involved. Atlanta United has been super involved in silly season, both rumors and actual transactions. Yeah. Um, and I, for one, and I'll, we'll, we'll go around the table, or as it were, uh, I'm a little excited just by the amount of shaking up that we got we got going on. Just like inject <laughs> a little life, and I mean Joe was talking about you know dragging on and feeling a little like um apathetic or i i don't even know but i i think this is good it injects a little blood right kevin um yeah i just wish they'd show the new kit already right like who cares about players anymore right i want to know who the new sponsor is stop <laughs> stop fucking around with it just sign the deal i don't care about bundesliga i want to know who's going to be on the kit <laughs> those were some I, sweet hoodies they saw over the weekend Oh, that's, I mean, you bring up a good point, Kevin. I always say you cheer for the laundry, not for the player. Let show us the laundry, show us the laundry. We want to see it. Open up that washing machine because you know, you're not putting in the dryer. Wavy bacon bullshit. I got to say the, the kit launches have always been a a pretty fun time. The ones that I've been to at least, um, it's always like a good surge of energy right before the season. You're around people and stuff. I'm a little shocked that it hasn't happened yet. To be honest, the season starts in three weeks, basically. Um, I think the optics of doing it, despite the fact that the stadium's been open, no masks and all that for, I don't know, over half a season, almost a year. I would say, what are we at? Like nine months since they opened it up. I think the optics of still doing like a closed contact thing is probably something that's, uh, like a, a bit of a conflict for the the front office. At least I don't know. I, I 
it, it just seems that way. I don't know. Yeah. I, well, I, I think they'll just a... I think they'll just wait until they come back from Mexico and then um, just do it then. I guess. Yeah. Close, yeah. close to the start of the season. Yeah. I don't, I'm trying to think like how how close the season is it normally that they do it. I don't, I, I feel I don't like really it's know. normally about a month out at least. Yeah, like, that's kind right of what I around remember there. Too. Yeah. Um, like I said, but the fact that they haven't even announced like right. uh, no plans, yeah, no reveals like, or like anything they, for like, it because yeah. that at least happens a week or two in advance. So like that's what's shocking to me is it's not that it's not happened yet, but they haven't even mentioned. You know, for King Peach, it was like we're going to do open training and mm-hmm. everybody can come show out. And then for the the black kid, it was like they did the whole thing at the bins, and so everything has had this whole event surrounding it and so for them to not even mention anything yet with the season like i said three weeks away it seems a little it's a good point strange yeah i wonder if they'll announce something this week just like to kind of get the ball rolling on getting i've got to right yeah yeah yeah, i think so the only thing i could think of is that because rumor has it that there may be a new kit sponsor um so i don't know if it just has to do with finalizing deals with them or what you know that's the Mm -hmm. only thing i can think of maybe that could play a part in that and maybe it's all much to do about nothing and it's still amfam and nobody really knows what's going on so, i i tend to is, is it not going to be icebox this year did icebox get the sponsorship i hope or it's wrigley i've been going for newell rubbermaid just because of the plastic uh motif <laughs> and the fact that they're local i think that would be pretty sweet uh just well, what if it's big, crest Ooh, well, if it's like, like Colgate or Aquafresh, oh, Aquafresh yeah. would be no awesome. meant to dent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who the sponsor is, so long as they don't have the actual colors of the sponsor on there. It just has to be right. a yeah. color wheel that goes with the kit. That's yeah. and I'm I'm a real asshole about that sort of stuff. So. <laughs> I feel like that's what MLS typically does, though, right? Like, I can't think of LA, the, 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 the yeah. one that the one that still drives me up a wall is the Manchester United kit that had like the the shiny Chevrolet. gold yep. Chevrolet, lo- like it just, it just looked yeah. so out of step with just the rest of the motif of the of yep. the uniform. It was ridiculous. totally agree. Should have just been a white outline. And there was and for did. Tottenham, there was one that um, caused a lot of outrage. Well, I think I guess do they still have it? The AIA, the, uh, yeah. the red AIA, red. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 red. Can't have yeah. red on the on the kit. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, Arsenal. I'm with you, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Because Arsenal never read. Yeah. Come on. Never I read. thought that looked pretty good, though. Sorry. I mean, I don't care about <laughs> Tottenham or Arsenal, but yeah, fair. Well, I can't. I guess if I'm gonna have to choose, I'll probably choose I'm, Tottenham. I'm, I mean, I'm with you though, Dan. Like the the American Family Insurance, how they had just like put it in gold. Yeah. Uh, you know, with yeah, the tr- exactly. that line with the trim. It was, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other ones in MLS. I, I think the YouTube TV logo on LAFC yeah. had the red play button, right? Terrible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anybody Terrible. else? I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. Yeah, no. I don't know. Um, Galaxy don't don't they have the are they still Herbalife Herbalife or whatever? Yeah. That MLM like their <laughs> yeah that that pyramid scheme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's crazy to me. It's still going on, and they can still afford to like that's still a thing. Like it, I don't know. Get Scientology as a sponsor. Dude, people are still selling Avon, but they'll buy into anything. Yeah, no, Dude, that's Herbalife, fair. Herbalife is doing great, man. It's doing yeah. great. It'll, it'll be doing great until like one day. It'll just like no longer exist one day. They, they make that <laughs> tea that's that how, just makes you poop. Down. Yeah. Yep. It's, um, and Amway too. That's the other one. Like I see the, is it the Orlando Magic? They play at Amway Arena and I'm just, they have mm. so much money, but all that money is funneled up just to pay for the, the sponsorship. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys been following any of the other moves from other teams in the offseason by any chance? Not MLS. No. Oh, except for yeah. Douglas Costa just signed for LA Galaxy. And so it's him and Chicharito up front. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Really? I didn't even I did not know that. I have not really been following a lot of the other moves around the league. I've just I've just seen a couple of things like float around on Instagram. I forget somebody just had a trade to Arsenal, I think. Oh yeah, so uh, Austin Trusty uh will be going yeah. to Arsenal this summer. Stan yeah. Kroenke, of course, owns both those teams, so they can just move the player, which must be infuriating yep. for all like nine Colorado yep. Rapids fans out there. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's got the same Isn't... thing for the Red Bull teams, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, Tyler Adams went to went to Salzburg, or was it Salzburg they went to? Yeah, and like, no, I don't, he... I don't know if there was a transfer fee attached to that move. I think he At just went straight publicly. to Leipzig, or Leipzig. I he, yeah, I think he Leipzig. Leaped... Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. He leapfrogged Salzburg. But I, but I don't think there was much of a transfer fee involved with that. If there was, it's not anywhere near his value. So, yeah, yeah unfortunate for those teams. No, no, for sure. Yeah, it didn't. Um, is Matt Turner going to Arsenal? Or is that a vicious I internet rumor? I think he is. You know. Yeah, I thought they good, confirmed it, but maybe not. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, we kind of got you on to go through all this, Joe, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking through the MLS. <laughs> well, I guess there's just I guess yeah. the uh... he signed for them four days ago. Okay, but at least that's what it says. And like there are articles that are like, is you know, um, is the transfer the best? Like, is that the best move for Matt Turner? Um, I don't know. He doesn't step into that lineup to me. Like, I really like Matt Turner. Whenever he's uh, whenever he's in, in between the sticks for the U.S. Men's National Team, but. I don't know that he. Who does Arsenal have? Is it still Burn Leno? And then who's the um, who's the British guy? Who's the Englishman that uh, is playing keeper for them? It's like a poor man's Jordan Pickford, which is no idea. But it is a bold move for him to go over there and put himself into that competition, considering the fact that he's kind of already has the the you know the first number one on the depth chart, so to speak, for the U.S. Yeah. Men's National Team. But if he's not starting at arsenal then that may throw that into question so aaron ramsdale is who he's behind uh, that's right yeah. so yeah i don't know it's uh it's that's a interesting transfer also the lafc traded for kellen acosta right and that was kind of a there's a big hubbub over that because apparently mls blocked a transfer for both him and paul Ariola to go to europe if i'm not mistaken oh, like there's mls blocked that yeah, wow. to be able to keep him within the league, from what I understand, and I don't know if those are just rumors, hmm. but like that's just like a Bizarre. one of the detriments, I guess, of having a single entity league like that, where they can block transfers going in and out and be able to divert them. And I don't know, I that sucks for them if that's yeah. the case. Yeah. Um. Oh, it was, it was Club America that Matt Wisniewski in the trap saying Paul Ariola is going to go to Club America, but they, uh, I don't. Where did he end up? Is he in uh, Dallas? Dallas, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's um, yeah. That's a shame. I mean, I don't, I don't rate him very highly. Um, but he it was um, a big move, though. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't either. But um, what was that? Like two million or something for him? To to Dallas? I yeah, that sounds so. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and then the Kellen Acosta thing. Um, yeah, I I don't know what Colorado's doing. I mean, they're gonna blow it up, right? Because because Kellen Acosta was with Colorado last year, the year, actually for a few years, and then they had Mark Anthony K come in last year, and uh, yeah, Cole Bassett's probably leaving too. He's probably their best young player, and then you you lose Trusty. Uh, that team is going from what? Were they first 
they were first in the West, right? Mm-hmm. Last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's probably just like last time whenever they, they won the Supporter Shield a handful of years ago and uh, yep. yeah, yeah, just tanking. Yeah. That sounds like a crunky franchise, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. They're not really built for like long term success with the ownership and everything that they've got there. It's kind yeah. of it's too bad. It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, I've been kind of irritated with Toronto's success, this transfer, transfer window, yeah. signing Lorenzo Insigne. They just got Carlos. They just got a defender, Salcedo. Mexican defender, right? Or mm-hmm. Didn't they, they brought Jovinko back too, right? Uh, no. No? Uh, I there's guess been rumors, been rumors of that. Yeah, but, yeah, I think there's been rumors, um, but I don't think it's happened. It could very well could. But at the Who's same a, time, I mean, you look at what they did last year in, in the transfer market, and they still were not. I mean, they were one of the worst teams in the East, right? Didn't they end up being one of the mm-hmm. worst teams in the East with yeah. Jefferson mm-hmm. Saltado and uh, Soteldo? And, um, oh, no, they needed to do something. Did Jose yeah. officially and, retire, or is he still playing? He's a free agent, as far as I know. The day I, know, I saw that Valeri, Valeri got released as well. That's one of the other older players. That's what I really want to see is – how many new faces you'll see replacing some of those veteran players in a lot of these lineups. And um, I think Greg Fraser was mentioning one of them, not really a veteran player in MLS per se, but um, Nani, obviously that was one of the early announcements right at the end of last year um, that he was going to be released. And I didn't, um, I don't know who DK's replacement is. I hadn't really followed that, but I knew that Nani was released. Yeah, Nani is in. Uh, where did Nani go play? He's Venezia with um, with Gianluca Buzio. Yeah, yep, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know who replaced them. I, I haven't. Again, I haven't been paying attention. I'm this is good. People, it, people this get to like it. watch us discover this shit. Um, <laughs> but Facundo Torres and then Erkin Cara are the two guys. It looks like replaced. Um, they're two. They have an Austrian DP that came in and then a Uruguayan. Don't know either of the guys. Um, Don't worry. Like everyone else is saying, like Brittany S is saying, they'll go on a nine-game win streak and then they'll lose 18 in a row. Just give yeah. it time. No. They'll sure. find a way. <laughs> um, yeah. Facundo Torres, He's he was a pretty good move for hit for uh, for them. He commanded a good, good fee. He's a young guy, so... I mean, I'm sure they're hoping he can do something for them. And I'm hoping he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. But they've got the a pretty good... Atlanta United podcast, right? Yeah. Should we maybe talk we, about some of We the... have a handful of elephants in the room right now. And uh, How dare you? I've been, one, I've been one going of to the gym. Dan. I've been going to the gym, Tim. How dare you? Obviously, one of <laughs> a, apparently, apparently, Dan can't be bothered with this conversation. He just dipped. Secretly um, an Orlando fan. Just, just dipped. Dan just hit the oh, app. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh! I thought I was the boomer in here, not understanding NFTs, and you got Dan can't keep a browser window open. I know. Um, man. Okay. Geriatric millennial. And I'll start with our guest, Joe. Is George Bellows transfer good, bad, uh, or are Ugly. you neutral about it? Yeah. Um, you know, it's good for George. Um, how you know, much was the, pl- the transfer for? Do we know two, you know, two, about it? two million dollars? My, yeah, like my source was not like didn't have the information about the finances involved. So I've just kind of been kind of following some of the other reports as well about that aspect of it. And it looks like there's add ons. So it's going to be like 600, around 660,000 dollars up front, and then a bunch of add ons that could go up to about two million, something like that. 
And then a twenty-five percent um, sell-on clause, which could 25%. end up being pretty pretty lucrative if Melo yeah. shows out. Yeah. And I had heard at one point it was a twenty percent sell-on, so I do think that Atlanta United was able to get a little bit more out of that deal than uh, what was originally like. There was kind of a standoff when the initial report came out from Circle Bruges that you know that they were offering three point seven five or whatever for him. Um, but as everybody kind of reported, there was never any interest from Bello in going there. Um, he wanted to go to a league where he just felt like it was a much better development opportunity to go to where he went um, to be going up against that level of competition. I think that that's what Greg Verhalter will want to see. Obviously, a big part of this is with an eye towards the World Cup at the end of the season. Uh, the, this MLS season, at least. So um, they just that was yeah. The, the Belgian offer was never really in the cards for for Bello. And then um, what was the question? Just like uh, I, I'm, how do you I'm feel about here. like are you? Are oh, yeah. You, how I feel? How, about, how do so, you feel about it? So so when when it, when it first happened, obviously everyone's like when you're hearing the amounts, you're like, what the hell? Like, shouldn't uh, George Bello be going for way more than that? Like, I, some people were thinking five, ten, you know, up up to ten, maybe uh, in that range at least. Um, because he is like I think that kind of caliber player it just didn't really match like the well, the amount that was being back. paid from yeah versus like you know uh, who he we've seen him be on the field but then obviously the the contract plays a huge part in that the fact that he only had a year left on his on his deal and mm-hmm. there at the end of the transfer window they essentially had like two days uh, when these reports started coming out to do a deal otherwise they were not going to get any money for him and there were other teams that were interested. Um, that were going to come and offer him a contract in the middle of the season, and he would have left Atlanta United after the season. I, I can say that there were some big teams that were interested in coming in on a free uh, for him, and I think that those may have been more attractive to him as well uh, than some others because he could have just played out his full season as Atlanta United, gotten a lot of playing time, good form going into the World Cup, and not have, have had to really worry about his playing time at the next club so he could have taken even a bigger step uh, with some of those clubs, there were I know the ones that I heard was two Premier League teams. I don't want to say exactly who it was, but two Premier League teams and one big Italian team uh, were interested in potentially signing or yeah, signing him on a free. Um, but you know, I was upset. Like at first, it's like, geez, like it doesn't make sense. But you know, Atlanta United, I don't think it's not the the transfer fee is not going to affect them on the field. I think they're pretty much they're going to be able to maximize the amount that they would have been able to inject back into the team anyway, as far as all the allocation money is concerned. So I think from that in that respect, it's not that big a deal. I think it's more just the whole optics of it, of seeing, you know, a homegrown player, a highly touted homegrown player, a player who's playing for the US men's national team leave for you know, less than a million up front. It's just not not a great look. But there's a lot of factors that went into his contract winding down. Um, I was talking to Sam about this earlier. Sam Jones, my podcast partner. And, uh, you know, part of it also is just like the, the total structure of where he was in his career when he signed his homegrown deal. I mean, he signed his homegrown deal when he was like 16 years old. Yeah. Um, and still like pretty far developed, far away from being able to contribute at the MLS level. So he spent basically two years of his homegrown contract, just kind of building himself up to the point where he could be used in MLS. And so now, and then he was able to play a couple years in MLS. And by that point, you're kind of at the end of that contract. Um, you know, I think maybe they could have avoided this situation to an extent if they said, Hey, we're going to make you our everyday left back. Like they kind of, they pretty much have said that publicly that they just made that decision to do that. Maybe at that point they could have offered him a raise and extended that contract for a year or two. That would have given them some more leverage in a situation like this. Um, but I'm not sure if Bella would have 
taken that because at the end of the day, he kind of was in the position that he wanted to be in where he got to essentially choose where he wanted to go in this situation. So um, there's like a lot of factors that go into this deal. But, you know, at first I was kind of upset about the deal. And now I'm just like, it doesn't really even matter that much. I mean, um, could they have gotten more money out of it? Yeah. Does that really matter? Maybe to Carlos's boss, you know, like that, that'll be like, you know, that's essentially what the decision came down to. You also have to think about Carlos Bocanegra and like the, the place where he was in when he would have been dealing with these other offers that may have come in for Bello for more money, you know, in previous windows, whether it was the summer of this past season or even the off season before, you know, there have been some questionable transfer moves. Boca is probably feeling like he's on the hot seat. You got the Gabriel Heinze uh, coaching regime that has gone all wrong. Um, you guys know that like, people were calling for Boca Negra's head, uh, you know, at points last season. What kind of a message would it have sent to sell George Bello off a team that's fighting to try to make the playoffs and, a, you know, a playoff appearance that was going to be really important for the club just from its, you know, to get them their a club of their stature to kind of get them back to respectability. I mean, that would have been a tough trigger to pull. And you could say, oh, well, at least we sold them for a couple more million. But I don't know if fans would have really, you know, been that excited to hear about the the extra money that's going into the coffers of Atlanta United Football Club, you know? So um, I know some people are probably upset about it because of the finances, but you have to think about what the cost would have been had you decided to go ahead and bank that at the time. So I think that the other part of this is the opportunity cost from having the academy prove out a pipeline deal. So he has a homegrown player, he's been developed by our academy, he's spent time in the twos, and then has come through the first team, and then has gone on to Europe. I mean, that's 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 a, one of the pipelines that we Atlanta United started out to develop, and it's just been proved by George Bellow. Yeah, mm-hmm. regardless mean, of the finances. That's it's, despite it's your best thing. efforts. I mean, I, I just want to make <laughs> yeah. sure that I call that out. <laughs> right, yes. exactly. I don't you think, were one yeah. of the people saying that he needed to wait longer before he could play for Atlanta United. Well, maybe now we would have got more money. I think money, you probably Kevin. are thinking that he needs to wait even longer still. Some are saying that. With yeah, the longer camp. still. Yeah. No, you're but right. We, we've got like a, a million dollars of gam out of this, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think at that, like, we can we can recoup that amount, right? It's like 1.05 million is the most from a deal that you can allocate to the roster, right? Yeah. Because the rest has to go to Big Daddy Garber. You know, what's interesting is they have not yet posted this year's rules, technically. So, um, like, when you oh, go to the good. MLS rules and regulations, it's still 2021. So, but yeah, that was the last, <laughs> that was the last amount um, from last year. So, you would think it would be something like that. And um, I don't know if it depends on like the upfront cost versus like what they would be able to add. I don't know if that money actually comes into that allocation money comes in once he hits like incentives that pushes the transfer up. But yeah, eventually at least they will, they will receive all of that allocation money. But you know, Dan, you're right um, that it kind of proves the pipeline. And it's really interesting that you got to think about, you know, I was talking about like when George Bella, when he signed his deal, I mean, do you remember when they announced it? Um, they had him on the Bobby field Dodge. at halftime of yeah at, of that Houston Dynamo game that I was very drunk at. Yeah, it was um, him, uh, Aconquo, <laughs> and uh, who's the other guy? There was another guy. Uh, Chris I, Goslin. I blacked out was, by that point. Chris Goslin. We had Kunga. We had. It was a, a Patrick Aconquo. Aconquo. We also had um, shit. What was the other guy's name? I can't remember. I thought it was Kunga. Carlton yeah, might have been. Uh, Carlton too. We say Goslin. 
Yeah. Patrick Conquo, Lagos Kunga. I think those are the five. Bello and Carlton. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, you know, the, the, the academy was still kind of getting its legs underneath it. There was no USL team at the time when he signed. Of course, that came around uh, by the time he had to start playing. But, you know, it was everything was very new at, at that point. And we saw, you know, those other four players were kind of out of the system relatively quickly. So I think it just goes to show that, uh, you know, it's a testament to George that he was actually able to kind of make his way through um, those early times of Atlanta United. And I think that the, that whole pipeline is now matured to the point where you're going to start seeing the Academy and the twos just pump out better and better players. We're already seeing it like with a guy like George Campbell, who's still incredibly young and you can already see just how talented and dominant he looks uh, at times against MLS attackers. So, you know, I think we're only seeing the beginning of like kind of the, what the fruits are going to bear from, from what they've put together here. Yeah, CM's got a good point. You know, regardless of the dollar amount, it still speaks volumes just to that development throughout the program and and the long term goals that Atlanta United has as an organization, despite just the first team. So, um, I think whatever the price tag is, the fact that we were able to sell them to a top five Euro League is it, it speaks volumes. I mean, I, I think. To Matt's point, I think it was probably Alfonso Davies was probably one of the last ones. But, um, yeah, it's been a little while since at least I can think of, and I don't follow it maybe as much as you guys do. But Caden Clark, I think, would probably be the the more the most what? recent before saying expansion team. He's he's asking who we think right. the next um Oh, next sorry. next player from an exp- like a recent expansion team to go. I don't know anything about Nashville's Academy, Charlotte's Academy. No, he uh, said who is, who is the next most it was very confusing the way I was worried. The next most recent expansion oh, team. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Like in the past, like that has sold uh, them, not so that could I sell them. I think that would be Giovanni Reyna from NYCFC. They also had Joe Scally. No, what but about the rest is all like Kate and Clark though. Clark is play, he he's, going, from, he's, he's playing for Leipzig. He was from. Right, but who did he play for? Yeah. Red Bulls. Red Bulls. Red Bulls. Right. And he, he, went, he went straight to Leipzig. Right. But Red Bulls don't have the Red Bulls have more tenure in the league. Yeah. I thought that's what. He was just saying who was the yeah. last homegrown before George to be sold from any team in MLS to be to go to a. Top uh, and, and, and arguably, he's probably since Alfonso Davies has been the. Post-a-tron. He's made the biggest move, right? Like that is the biggest move to go straight from, from, even though he is going from a farm team to he's getting promoted essentially. But still, to after Jesse Marsh got canned, probably the second best team in in Bundesliga. So and well, and we've we've seen some of these young MLS players go to to some of these you know big leagues, but very few are going to be in the situation that Bello is in, where he's going to be going with the ex- expectation that he's going to be a starter, you know, right. um, or at a prime age to do so as yeah. well. Yeah. He's so he's not c- he's, certainly not at the end of his career or even really even at the middle, even some. Yeah. So we've, very we've seen, some, we've seen some teams like, you know, buy up some of these young MLS players and uh, you know, and then there's kind of stash them, develop them for a while. And you know, that, that's a you know legit like way to, way to, you know, get players in on a budget too. But, you know, I think it's going to be exciting to see how Bello fares. Cause we're probably going to get to see it uh, relatively soon here. 
Have you guys followed much of Miggy's track record with Newcastle or sort of the general feeling of him? He got ruined. How... He got ruined by Steve Bruce. I think yeah. all the, yeah, I think all the Jordies love him and they just, for the longest time, I think Steve Bruce, they were right. yelling at Steve Bruce for not playing him in the correct position. Yeah. That's been generally what I've seen as well. And so yeah. it's just disappointing, you know, talking about players. Uh, granted, he's not a homegrown player or anything like that, but just players that have been, that have made that transition out of MLS into European clubs that hasn't maybe performed at their best for whatever reason. And I think that's almost as a, almost a little bit of a detriment uh, optically to Atlanta United. And I think that that's the other thing that Bellows sale does for the team is it at least instills some renewed faith to players that, even though it's not a $18 million transfer deal, it's still a transfer deal to a European club. And it's been a couple of years since the teams had that. So to say that they can do that with some level of consistency is at least good for the optics of young players wanting to get into the academy or to transfer in at a 20 to 22 year old age, knowing that they could, they've got a shot within a year or two to get to that next level, which so many of them want to. So. One of the big things I think that worries me, um, you know, my brain tends to go to the to the negative um, for this stuff, but is I look at Ricardo Pepe and I look at George Bello and I hope that they're not granted. Matthew Hoppy going to Schalke was not like some it wasn't like newsworthy. Nobody knew who Matthew Hoppy was until he scored a hat trick and uh, however, like 20, whatever. The, it was a short period of time uh, as like an 18, 19 year old. Um, but I worry, I think, I think about Bobby Wood and I think about Matthew Hoppy and I think about those guys playing for bottom feeder clubs in Bundesliga and then both kind of getting, I wouldn't say Matthew Hoppy stole only 19, 20, I think he's 20 years old. I like, I think about those guys careers getting derailed by going into Bundesliga two, getting kind of lost in the fray. And you look at, um, you know, Matthew Hoppy's over in Mallorca now. He's barely playing. He's playing for a relegation side in, in La Liga, barely playing. Bobby Wood is back. He was playing for uh, the Monarchs last year in, uh, in what is that, USL? Or is that, yeah, for for uh, Real Salt Lake. I just, I, I hope that, I don't know, I guess I haven't been following Bundesliga enough, but I look at Armenia Bielfeld, Bielfeld uh, and then Augsburg, and I, I genuinely fear that those guys are going to get sent down. And I really hope that that's not the case, but like, I, I, I don't know. I just wonder what that's going to do for their development versus, I, I think there's just a fine line, Kevin. Like you talk about Miggy, like huge transfer going over to a, a, a big club in a big league. I yeah. mean, any, I think any club that's in, in the premier league is a big club, right? So going over there, not getting the time, especially with like a really hard headed coach, uh, Steve Bruce in, just, I think his career getting a little derailed there too. I, I just don't. I, I don't know. It's just more of a worry, not a question. Just, just kind of putting that out there that I worry about. Yeah, it's a legit stuff. fear. I mean, it's yeah. a legit worry. I think. Well, I mean, to be, I mean, Rafa was there when Miggy was sold. That's Miggy was sold that Rafa Benitez was going to be the manager, and then, he, and and then, then he, he got canned before he ever even played for yeah. him, right? And it's to be honest. I mean, Atlanta United had a fantastic asset. That's they that we sold and then it was entirely mismanaged by the, yeah. by the recipient. Um, so. Cause there are matches yeah, where we you are. watch whenever he first got transferred over where you're like, shit, maybe he can keep up. He in, can in do it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, it's like, cause I was a little apprehensive about making a move to a physical league like that. But I think, I think that barrier has been broken down so much 
over the past like 10 years. It's not the, I, I think there's, there's a place for like a David Silva type player, Miguel Almiron, like a small, uh, you know, technical player to, and, and fast player to get on in there in that league. But um, yeah, it sucks to see that, that happen. And I just, I really hope that doesn't happen, but that said, so the sell on clause, I think is the promising thing here because you look at reports like look at Brendan Aronson's transfer from Philly over to Salzburg. Uh, it was $6 million. And granted, I will say out front, I don't think Bello is a Brendan Aronson talent. I, I think Brendan Aronson's one of our best players in, in the men's national team set up right now. Fan. I think he is, he's an incredible talent. As long as triple G doesn't mismanage him. I think that he's going to be, um, he's going to be one of our mainstays. And I really hope that for Bella too. He's in better, maybe a better position because he's playing left back. But um, I say all that to say that Salzburg is beating uh, Leeds away for a $20 million transfer. Like Leeds is, Leeds were obsessed with bringing Brendan Aronson in and they still couldn't get them to agree to a $20 million transfer. So hopefully that's, that's the, what that we, we reap those benefits. Um, when, when it comes, because I mean, left backs are kind of hard to come by. Um, at least skillful. I think he's already there on a, from a defensive standpoint uh, too, and I think that's, I think that's one of the harder things for those those attacking left backs to to have in mm-hmm. uh, in the big league. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I'm, well, I think ultimately it's best for him. He's gonna. I feel like he's gonna develop a lot yeah. quicker and, than he yeah. would over here. And and that's what was key for for Bello. Um, you know, again, like um, I think Kevin may have mentioned it earlier, you know, it's like, yeah, I think players do kind of they like going for like a big money deal. Probably, you know, it's like it's it's adds to their the, the cachet of the player and all that. But at the end of the day, like in Bellows case, they were turning down offers that were better um, or at least they did in, in this last yeah. case, you know, because um, they just they were looking out for his development. So uh, or he was looking out for his own development. So. Um, yeah, I think it will be hopefully a good a good place landing spot for him, especially obviously if they stay up. Uh, if they go down, it will be interesting. But um, well, I think it makes most financial sense anyway, right? Like it's about trying to see not just the now but the future potential. And so good on Bello and his agent and everybody else involved to recognize like I want to go to a club that's not only in one of the top five Euro leagues, but is in a position that I can leverage for the next step and develop because I'm not, you know, he's not 27. He's not 28. He's at an age where he's likely going to get one, if not two more deals in his career. And you want this to be another stepping stone, not just another step. And so it's not about 3 million versus 2 million. It's 2 million knowing that it could be, 12 million in another couple of years. And so um, I think that's a really good thought process to go through and a critical one that I, I hope that more younger players have whenever they start looking at things like Atlanta United and MLS for that matter, you know? And mm-hmm. I think, again, it goes back to that same mindset kind of on the inverse where it's like MLS could be that stepping stone uh, with the right club that can generate those kinds of moves and that kind of consistency to take you to the next step one to two years into playing in the league with 
the premier club, so to speak, clubs, plural, in MLS, because it's not just one or two. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a handful of clubs that are doing this consistently or at least relatively consistently enough that you can get into a league at a lower salary than you would going to Saudi Arabia or something like that, that you're not really going to go anywhere after that, but at least give you the opportunity and the visibility to get to that level eventually. So, yeah. And hey, I had not heard of Armenia Bielefeld either <laughs> before this trade, before this transfer. But um, but it will be a big step up for him in terms of the competition that he's going against, which is really what it's about when you're you whatever. Know, man, I got that away days kit. So right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Uh, I gotta look up this team. Oh, they're the Bundesliga. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've played I've played a lot of. Uh, I've played a lot of FIFA, FIFA. manager modes <laughs> in Germany, playing with Stuttgart for cool. obvious reasons. Gart, Gart face, Stuttgart. Um, so I have seen them go up and down quite a bit. And uh, <laughs> I, I feel like that has been the case, though. I feel like they do go up and down quite a bit. Um, yeah. They're one of those teams. Them, like I, I think one of the Frankfurt teams. And anyway, yeah, it's... Uh, but, yeah. The, but the point is that, like, while he may be playing for a team that a lot of people maybe not have heard of, he's going to be going up against exactly. some of the premier talent, you exactly. know? And so that's really what's important for, for Bello at this stage. Exactly. Yeah. And even if they do get relegated, he's, if he can prove himself, if he shows, oh, yeah, talent, absolutely. then the larger teams will just pick yeah. him up. I mean, I yeah. don't know what the Especially financial if, drop yeah. is between the Bundesliga's, but um, I say we're kind of fucked in that situation though because they can come in pennies on the dollar to swoop him up or scoop him up if he's in Bundesliga too. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it so much. I, I mean, am. it's whatever. It's a speculative. It's a speculative ad to a contract. I mean, you're I'm already mad. I'm already mad about it, Dan. You should get on Twitter, Tim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I detoxed from Twitter for so long, and then we got the season back going, and I'm on it. And I'm like, I need to stop. I need you to know, get back. Well, you know, I'm just yeah. thinking about this now. Um, like, with, with with the sell-on fee, like, he's, he's never going to go for, like, Miguel Amaro money somewhere. You know, no, like, that's no, just, like, not going to be a thing. Um, if they were relegated, a lot of the times players and their contracts will, will have like release clauses. Um, if the team is relegated, then there will be a release clause that is enacted, um, that will allow them to leave, you know, and and there sometimes also are like wage, uh, decrease, like a 20% wage drop if the team gets relegated, stuff like that. Um, and so I'm just thinking about it from, uh, Bielefeld's perspective and it's like, you know, (laughs) what if like they could put on a, a pretty low, um, uh, you know, a, a pretty low figure for that. Like if they get relegated, then you have a $2 million release clause and that's still like a profit for them. Or maybe not wouldn't be 2 million, but like, it might be like 3 million. Yeah. So yeah. a decent profit for them and very affordable for some other team. So you right. never know how right. things are going to play out in the future. So I wouldn't get too, too worried about like the situation of a relegation, that kind of thing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so what- Big uh, so Ozzy Alonso is the other sort of signing. I guess should, should we finish closing out the rest departures? of departures? Yes, departures. So in the, in the one, Barco, right? Gotta be, gotta yeah. be both, right? Well, why don't yeah. we hit the low hanging fruit and then we can talk a little bit about Barco? 
33 so, million dollars for Barco. Can you guys believe it? <laughs> he's Can on you loan. He's on loan. He's not sold. Loan? I, did hey, I didn't loan deal for I, I did not dollars. I did not specify US dollars. Yeah. Get your back straight, Kevin. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got to do oh. this real quick. What's the trade? What is the exchange Oh, rate? please tell me you clipped the... <laughs> I hope you've got a soundbite of Dan going on about $33 million for Barco or Bust. Oh, uh, because it's $7 million, right? Uh, but I believe the question uh, yeah, you seven, posed me, yeah. Kevin, was if you were at the negotiation table, Dan, <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> and I said I would say $30 million or, or I don't won't get out of bed and anything less than and thirty million dollars. You're still in bed, apparently, for a while. Yeah. While Barco. So when you're at the negotiation table, you'll be like, "Oh, I'll take 10. That's. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I was way off. It's seven hundred and thirty-six million Argentine pesos. Record transfer. <laughs> seven, <laughs> blows anything I've ever seen out of the water. Okay. It's just they, uh, oh, they have to bring voice. it in in wheelbarrows. <laughs> oh. Yes. Um, no, I mean, in the worst Photoshop job imaginable, River Plate introduces Ezekiel Barco. I don't know if you guys saw. Well, the they, just put that pit, they, they just put that his head on Pitty's body. Was that a fake account? Yeah, who did that? Yeah. Oh, okay. but then, then when they actually did release it, it w- was like the exact same image, but it was actually Barco. Rumor has it he's already won South American Player of the Year just <laughs> by being on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently he's the he's the one of the top transfers that um, the Argentine league's really excited about. So I, I, I think, mean, I, I think I, absolutely should be. I mean, he's a great. I think player. it's. Go, I'm gonna. I have Paramount Plus, so a, I'm gonna watch. Failure? Is that not huh? a failure to the Argentine league that their not biggest transfer is bringing river. a guy back? Not if you're going to River. I mean, Gustavo would probably disagree with me, but I think going from Independiente to River is a big step up. And I think, mm-hmm. quite frankly, going from Atlanta United to River is a big step up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't know. It's it's It seems like a failure in some sense, but I guess he's got one year probably left on his deal. Is that part of the reason the transfer fee is the way it is? Well, <laughs> we 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 don't know. It, well, apparently he has more than one year on his deal. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I'll just read this. You know, it, it came out in the press release from Atlanta United. Uh, it said Atlanta United today announced it had loaned midfielder Ezekiel Barco to River Plate. Um, and then it says Atlanta retains Barco's contract rights beyond this season, which is kind of an odd thing that they would insert in there. Um, yeah. And there were some rumors that he was actually going to sign like some sort of contract extension with Atlanta United right before the loan so that Atlanta United still had some leverage in case the loan didn't work out. And they guess they wanted the loan to be for two years, uh, you know, with those sell on or with those buy options. So it is an interesting situation because if he has a contract beyond this year, that would mean the contract that he would have signed originally for would have been for like six years, years. I think about six years. Yeah. My, my math, right. So, um, which I don't think is the case. So I, I think they may have extended him a little bit. And uh, I don't know. We'll see if there's any more reporting that comes out about that. But yeah, well, it is interesting. Yeah. So, Tim, to your point, Rivers club squad evaluation is three times what Atlanta United's is. They're like 100 years older than are Atlanta you, United. Is that Argentinian right? dollars, though? <laughs> no. Euros. <laughs> but they're like, they're, they, they literally, are, they, they legitimately are the only two like really big 
profitable clubs, right? Boca Junior and and, yeah. and River Plate, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. um, he's going to play with uh, LGP, right? Yeah, that's right. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, and be well. Uh, I mean, the, the few games he'll get to play when LGP is not suspended. Well, um, that's true too. Yeah. Yeah, just don't put him on the hoverboard. I don't know if you guys ever remember when he there was like a video that went around where like Barco posted I, it and he was yeah <laughs> he's like I got a hoverboard and then like LGP's on it and then he's like falling back he's like falling off it backwards like oh my gosh this is gonna be a disaster. Yeah, he, he's just oh, now we find out all of Barco's knocks that he took in practice were just from that fucking hoverboard. <laughs> Marco sustains another knock not during oh. practice. You just see him zooming on a hoverboard right before. That's, <laughs> hilarious. Oh, grief. That's uh, hilarious. Carlos Rangel in the trap saying River got most of their acquisitions this window from MLS, LGP, Pochettino, and Barco. I find that I, interesting. I, I think kind of opportunistic from River because the they don't got money. State, the current well, the current state of the transfer market is such that. Um, you know, it's just a little like everything's a little kind of like dried up. Uh, there isn't the liquidity in the market that's making these transfers really like feasible for a lot of teams. And so with a seized up market like that, I think there is an opportunity for a larger team from South America to actually go back to MLS and kind of bring some of that talent back if they've got the money to be able to do it. Or at least, you know, it, it gives these clubs like Atlanta United a chance to put this player back in the shop window where they're going to be playing a lot again, again like what we talked about Bello against you know, a good level of competition that European teams would trust um, to potentially give them a move down the line. You know, and, and I asked Darren Eels about this when he did uh, a call with media a couple of weeks ago. And he kind of, you know, he said it's not it's obvious, I think, to everybody that the the transfer market's not quite back to where it was. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, he seemed to say, think that it will get there. Uh, he said he thinks we're like a window or two away from it kind of getting back to, to something of like what it was. And so may, I think that that is kind of the idea behind some of these loans that we're seeing, not just that Atlanta United made with Barco, but there's a lot of teams doing loans. I mean, I'm a Tottenham fan. Every player that right now they're signing are like yeah. loans with a buy option. I think that part of it is so that, you know, the, the liquidity can be injected back into the market that makes yeah. a lot of these deals more feasible. It's all yeah. balloon payments. And- yeah. It's like we can, uh, <laughs> I think they got them on a jumbo loan. Is that uh, <laughs> yeah. like they can, um, yeah, I, I, I never thought about that either. Like the course, correct. I, I figured the course correction is going to come, but like the whole logic behind the, lo- it's like, we can afford to pay your salary this year. We can't afford, we can't afford to buy you. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. No, that makes sense because either that or just structuring it like Barcelona where you pay like over 10 years or whatever. And it's fine because you take it because you're selling to Barcelona and you should be so privileged to do that. Um, yeah. And, and also maybe. when you, when you think about all these issues in the transfer market right now, think about the fact that Al Nasser came and bought Pitti Martinez for $20 million in the middle of the pandemic when there were no fans going to games, like kind of anywhere. There's like no financial fair play in Saudi Arabia though. It's deus ex machina situation of like, just like right. a, a golden gift came showering down to you. Um, we had, we got a golden shower of, of money. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about having pity on the team again. Sorry. <laughs> Pity Martinez signs for Atlanta United was a total golden shower for Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like that, Parceros have entered the trap. <laughs> Quick, start talking about how Heinemann's going to be our best player this year. Uh, 
Uh, I'm just waiting for Ron to actually pop up in the trap. He's just been quiet. <laughs> He's just been quiet all night. Um, so good, bad, Kevin. What do you, how do you feel about Barco? And how much of it, like, does your reaction or your like uh, your feelings about it really depend on what happens with uh, Tiago Almada or Almeida? Is it Almeida yeah. or Almada? I think it's Al- Almada. Okay, mm-hmm. just a guess, really, but. <laughs> I think it's just going to, I think it's really dependent on what happens this season. I mean, with who else that we have coming in, the the sad thing is that we only saw a handful of games with him, um, Joseph and um, Luis on the field at the same time. And so I I think that's a little bit of a bummer that we're not going to really see all three of them healthy and in their best run of form this season. However, I think between Moreno and Almeida or Almada uh, coming in and the returning pieces that you have up front, I think that the team as a whole will certainly be okay. I, I don't see that they've, taken a step back in any substantial way that is irreconcilable. I think I'm more concerned about what we do at left back than I am with a, a left winger or what we're doing in the midfield right now with uh, Barco not being there, because I think that Bellows shoes are much more integral to a three back system than what Barco is doing for this team right now with the firepower that they have up front. So yeah. yeah, I mean, but if you look at left back, we have Andrew Gutman. Um, and from all reports, he seems to be a lock. He's looked good so far in, in these friendlies. Um, all right, guys, all let me ask see. you a question. Can or Gutman? <laughs> Gutman or Guzan? <laughs> Is it Gutman <laughs> or Gutman? <laughs> Who's the better ball? <laughs> Is it Gutman or Guzan? <laughs> <laughs> it is it is the nine o'clock hour and it is uh this is when we get into the silly times uh, no but yeah i mean he he started a, a good bit of games last year for red bulls right uh, oh yeah i mean he was he was yeah, one of their right? key players throughout the season and yeah i mean i think no, i completely forgot we picked him up to be completely honest I, with you I think so. I, you know i think most it, people it, did i think he's going to be a better left back than George Bella was last season. Yeah. I'll throw it out there. He's just like a more seasoned veteran player. Yeah. You know, this is, um, I just think he's going to be really solid and he's got that kind of, those aggressive instincts are kind of built into him from playing in rebel system for a year. Um, he seems like really coachable. I mean, Gonzalo Pineda just talked about him in the highest possible terms. So yeah, I'm really excited about what he'll bring to that position next year. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I kind of have that feeling too, Joe. I um, my my knock on Bello was I don't think he just had the consistency in coaching because he's such a young yeah. kid, yeah. and he had a different coach or more than one coach every year. So um, during his tenure, he he went through all four, right? And to be only twenty yeah. years old, he's gone through four coaches. It's kind mm. of incredible with the one lot. team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm more concerned with. Um, I think Goodman's a good. I think he's a lock. My concern is now Barco's gone. If Almeida comes in, where does this leave uh, Marcelino Moreno? Does yeah. he just go out on the wing? It seems like he's. I don't feel like he's really found his place within Atlanta United, and I worry that 
if during the first half of the season it doesn't stick anymore, then in the summer he could potentially be a guy on the transfer market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have to address it. I have to clear the air here. I have to clear the air. What is going on? I was really good, Dan. Yeah. I was... <laughs> this guy. Thanks, Mr. Joe. He's... This guy behind me. Gone in 60 seconds. A parallel. I will. I just want to clear his name. He is not a humper. He has not had balls since he was like four months old. He gets it honestly. He goes and he nests in in blankets and he just kicks them behind himself until he just it drops. To, whatever. Um, no, Dan. I I totally agree. Daddy, about what's Marcelino nesting Moreno. me? <laughs> I mean, teach me about I, nesting. Martin, to, to me, Marcelino Moreno is one of those players who's like. Um, you know, like the flower petals, like he loves me, he loves me not. It's like he's yeah. what he, like Marcelino is like, is he gonna have a 10 out of 10 or is he gonna be completely anonymous from this yeah. game? It was, it's yeah. like, it was like one or the other. It was yeah. like kind of diametrically the opposite of like Tata Martino said the great thing about Miguel Almiron was that he gives you at least a seven out of 10 in every single game, and yeah. you know, and that is so useful. Um, so it was, and it was, just made it all the more frustrating to see Marcelino Moreno not be effective in those games when you've seen him what he's capable of you know yeah uh and to me also on the ball a little bit like i, I feel like I, I i am coining the term like sticky it's like the ball sticks to him a little bit too long mm-hmm. he just like doesn't release it or doesn't anticipate the movement of his of his teammates um as well as he could you know we saw some of the issues that he had kind of linking up with george bellow on that left side early last season and gabriel Anze was playing him out on the wing and it just was not really working so, you know, I think he's going to kind of play centrally as that number 10. I would expect Tiago Amada, assuming that move happens, he'll just kind of slot in for Barco. And, you know, it's kind of a like-for-like like change. I think that, you know, the biggest benefits from from that this team will have in the attack next season is just having a full preseason here under Gonzalo Pineda and just, like, having that continuity with each other. Because it seemed like last year the attack was as potent as like any individual player was on that given day, but they were never yeah. like a more than, you know, the, the I combination. Care. I don't of these care. Joe. I want Luis better. Araujo in my veins. I don't <laughs> care. Give it to me. If it's just him on a breakaway every single game, and that's all we live and die by. I'll take it. I'll take it. Those thighs pumping Kevin. Oh, he's incredible. Great. He's incredible. I, I, I legitimately think he's like, well, I don't know with like some of the players who have come into the league, like the like uh, Costa uh, at, with the LA Galaxy. We'll see Douglas Costa, but um, you know, I think when he came in the league last year, I think he was like the most talented player in the league, just in terms of his raw skill, just I unbelievable. Am so fucking yeah. excited to have a full season with him and a relatively, if not completely, health of Joseph, healthy Joseph Martinez within reason. Like he's yeah, not yeah, going to be so. twenty eighteen Joseph. I don't right. think anybody except for Dan is expecting him to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Pinedo, Pinedo at the helm, <laughs> Pinedo at the helm for an entire season, like off the jump with some marquee signings. Like I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens with that attacking prowess that they have regardless of, I mean, Marcelino is going to be Marcelino. I agree. Like you, you don't really know what you're going to get consistently out of him, but Joseph is going to be out there giving you everything he's got every single game. And Luis did that exact same thing every single game that he was in. And 
if you've got those two and everyone else rallying around them and, and Pineda at the helm, who seems to be really getting the team behind him from a leadership role, which we haven't had really consistently since Tata Martino, give or take everything that happened with Gabriel Heinze behind the scenes and, and players that were on board versus those that were, and we're not going to split hairs there, but um yeah, I think that the prospects for what the team has on the attacking side of the ball is really exciting. Yeah. And I think something else that fans will like to hear is that, you know, Gonzalo Pineda, I think the one thing that he wants to drill into this team in terms of like how to make them better attacking is just getting more players into the box, which I yeah. think, you know, we've all seen that that's been an issue for this team for for years, really. I mean, this team has been built up with these playmaker type attacking midfielders who all want the ball at their feet and they all like come to kind of like check to the ball and like want the ball at their feet so they can do something with it but when you collect too many of those players in the same side you get what frank DeBoer lamented oftentimes which is that you just don't have players making like you know selfless runs um and i'm not saying anybody on the team is like selfish it's just their natural style to come to the ball and want to be on the ball you don't have those off ball runners that are creating space and, and and threatening the opposing um back line so um, I think that that's something that, you know, for example, a player like Tyler Wolf, I think that that's something that Gonzalo Pineda has really liked in him. Um, and I would love to see if maybe it's some of these younger kids who can be those types of players who can, you know, come into the team. I mean, I don't think that Tyler Wolf's going to get a ton of starts this year, but if he could come on and be an impact sub because he's like making those movements in the box, uh, I think that that would be something that would be hugely beneficial for this team. And obviously fans would love to see that kind of yeah, thing. That, that's what I'd hoped is I imagine like that could be Jackson Conway's role to make those like, yeah. selfless runs. Um, so Joe, I have to ask you, man, Eric Lopez, your boy. <laughs> Mate, I yeah. was, I was, Dude. when I was listening to you at the start of the season, I was like, I can't wait to see this kid. Um, <laughs> this but, is the first time that the, eyebrow dashes have let me down like every other player that has that is amazing they got he just i felt like he gabriel heinz confused him so much like i think we were playing into miami and he passed he was on the he was going down the wing and passed the ball off to bellow and then just waited at the top of the 18 like stopped his run so much he had like had to lurch forward and pull himself back <laughs> And then there was nobody else in the box, like yeah. to your point. Um, I just, I, he just totally, you know, he, he really, uh, Manuel Castro did, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, there's a line in, uh, in Caddyshack where the guy is like, uh, you know, Danny, you're, uh, you're, uh, you're not good. <laughs> and i'm not saying you know that, that might be harsh but it was just clear that eric lopez was just not uh a cal that caliber of player and um yeah i mean i think you're right like i think that gabriel heinze really kind of messed with people's minds <laughs> with the way he was training them in the first half of the season just you know with <laughs> how strict he was about everything tactically and how tactically odd everything was i don't know if, you, if you've ever seen that episode of the simpsons where mr burns is bought a baseball team and he's getting all like the high price strawberry. <laughs> strawberry. And like one of the plays is like shave those sideburns. And the guy comes in and shaves his sideburns. And Mr. Burns is like, shave those sideburns. I thought I told you to do that. So he just shaves like the whole side of his hair. And Mr. Burns is like, shave your sideburns. <laughs> and then so he was like, okay. And I kind of feel like, that's how Gabriel Heinze coached Atlanta United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was... 
Dehydration will do that to you. It just didn't work out for Eric Lopez. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I would say it didn't work out here for Eric Lopez. I think I'm interested to see him in Barnfield field and see what he does. I mean, that should be a more familiar place to him. He's a young Mm. what he he's he's a young young. He's 20 years old. Yeah. So, and you hope that he does good. Missed the entire 2020 season. Like, didn't even play a a game in 2020 um, because of all this COVID stuff, you know, he came to Atlanta United. He was, I think they had the anticipation that he was going to be one of these U 22 players. And then that all got bumped back because of COVID kind of like derailed everything. And so he ended up not really playing. I mean, maybe he played a little bit early in the year before he was with Atlanta, but um, you know, you, you just miss so much time. It's really hard to, hard to come back from that. I stand by like, like last preseason. I mean, he was like one of the few people who was, he like scored some goals in preseason and stuff. So, and I think that, you know, just kind of be serious. Like I just, Last year when I was kind of calling for Eric Lopez, I like I just wanted to see him play. I wanted to see what this guy what he what he yeah. had, you know. Um, and turns out he didn't really have much. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so so we got the answer to that. That was the thing is like so many people seemed like to be. I I didn't know shit about the kid, and it seemed like everybody's like, we need to get him in. We need to get him in. He's so promising. He's so talented. And then just to have him, I think that's maybe part of like why I felt like he really fell flat for me is because I had all these people chirping or hearing mm-hmm. all these people chirping about how promising a talent he was. And he just, he looked real, bo- like he looked as stiff as I do. And I'm like, I, I got bad joints, man. Like I, <laughs> like I, yeah, he just didn't look natural uh, playing for us last year. I think it, his first competitive game for us was the second leg of the club America, uh, um oh that's right that's right yeah. he was able to play in that one and yeah that was actually and, uh, that was in 2020 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like ccl December. up in kennesaw yeah yep. it's um the that game was the last won, game right? wasn't it yeah. before the uh pandemic took hold or oh yeah. you're talking well, i'm about talking about the after they resumed it okay. yeah yeah that was i think that was his first competitive match for us and yeah yeah it just he didn't seem right i didn't even realize is, is it a permanent transfer uh, it's, uh, it's a loan it's a loan with a buy option yeah, it's a for fifty percent. Like everything, it's is million and a half. Had. Yeah, um, like yeah, 1. it's, it's 1, pretty 1. small 1. by 6, option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, he just didn't really have any kind of trait that really stood out. You know, he he wasn't particularly fast. He wasn't particularly, you know, physically. He just didn't have anything about him that made him stand out. Like even like a guy like Jake Mulraney, it's like he's not the best player in the world or anything, but at least he is fast and that can come in handy sometimes. It's very useful off the bench he's at got times. Left foot, so that's yeah, yeah. He's got a left yeah. foot. So like, you know, like mm-hmm. even if you're not the greatest player, if you just have like one thing that you excel at, then maybe you can make a difference. Maybe you can make an impact on a team. But it just seemed like Eric Lopez didn't really have any of those t- kinds of things. Yeah. And we gave up Breck Shea. We let Breck Shea walk, but we kept Eric Lopez. <laughs> anyway. Um, kept Mikey Ambrose. <laughs> Still here. <laughs> yeah he's still here uh, i love mike ambrose as a person but man when he played last season he was a traffic cone man oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so uh, i think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who is kind of like the backup left back is it going to be him or is it going to be caleb wiley you know yeah i mean we're hoping caleb wiley right i mean yeah to kind of prove our model a little further I mean, Caleb Wiley is about as young as George Bella was um, when they signed their respective homegrown deals. But I got to say, just standing in front of Wiley, he's like much more physically developed uh, than George Bella was at the time. So he seems and, and you know, Gonzalo Pineda has said that he's been impressed with him. I mean, he's, he's been gone now for about a week or so with uh, international duty, but 
and and you know and i asked gonzalo about you know how he handles these young players and stuff and he had that great quote i don't know if you guys saw but he was like the ball doesn't know how doesn't know how old you are you know you can be as old as ozzy alonzo or as young as caleb wiley and the ball doesn't know you know so uh, i thought that was kind of a, a nice way to phrase it but and i think it goes to show that if he's good enough then he'll play yeah. And he has every, you know, he has every incentive to go play a homegrown kid, you know, oh, yeah. he's on a professional contract right now. So, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he even harped on that whenever he came in last year, too. He's like, I want to explore the academy. He brought in, in the young guys and play them. He's, yeah. he, you know, he singled out George Bellow as, as one of those guys, too. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. I mean, I feel like I don't know the youth as much as I, I'm, I'm just, I'm out of touch with the academy and, uh, our younger guys, but, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful and excited to see more of those guys come in and, and make an impact. Yeah. I'm very excited about another year of George Campbell. Well, yeah. I was, that was going to be the next thing I was going to get to it. I don't think we're going to get to signings tonight. We're already over now, <laughs> <laughs> but the other release was Anton walks. And I think that that's going to open the door for George Campbell in a big way um, yeah. on that back line. So what are your thoughts on the walks release? And, and then obviously we're, I think we're all unanimously excited about the prospect of George Campbell, but what yeah. that means for Anton walks leaving, who's been, you know, in the first team on loan back in the first team now gone. Um, it's yeah. been a little bit of whiplash over the past couple of years with him, but every time he's been here, he's been fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's a shame because also he felt like he was like a captain of the team to an right. extent, you know? Um, and yeah. listen, it's like the, the, the truth of the matter is that from a talent perspective, he, he's not as good of a center back as miles Robinson or Alan Franco. Yeah. And if the team's going to a back mm-hmm. four, it means he probably wasn't going to play as much, not nearly as much as he had in previous years. Um, you know, and so this can sound a little heartless, but it's like, you know, if you think about it as just like from assets, like you, you, it, it's frustrating that he got just snatched away from you when he had so much value on the market that you could have gotten something back for him. Instead, he just right. kind of goes for free because, you, you know, you didn't protect him where they did protect a guy like Brad Guzan, who was like, why yeah. would you even protect Brad Guzan? Like nobody's yeah, going not to gonna draft him in the expansion him. draft, you know? No. Um, and if they did draft, you know, if, if they did draft Braguzan, the expanded draft, you could probably get him back for very little. You know, they would yeah. they would only take him specifically because they could just, you know, get back 100K yeah. or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's unfortunate. But I'm with you. Like, I, George Campbell, I think, is physically way more talented than Anton Walks, just in terms of his athletic gifts. And he's so young. I mean, he's, he's younger than Miles Robinson was when Miles right. Robinson was drafted. And he's already, yeah. like, looking like a similar kind of player oh, right yeah. now to where they are right now, you know? So... Um, I'm really excited about George Campbell. And I think that he, I hope that he does get, you know, some playing time. I think that with Miles Robinson, he'll have a, a busy year again with uh, a lot of, you know, World Cup qualifiers and things. And obviously with the World Cup coming up at the end of the season, maybe he, George Campbell plays for Miles Robinson yeah. uh, quite a bit this year. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about George Campbell. That's, it's funny you say that because it's funny. Um, anybody in U.S. men's national team camp that has to watch film for miles Robinson deciding if he's in the lineup is automatically going to have to watch film for George Campbell too. Cause they're going to be playing right next to yeah. each other. So yeah. The prospects are really great. Your optics are right there side by side. So, yeah. And you know, Tim, you were mentioning uh, young players that you're not really that familiar with just one little tidbit. Um, 
that people might be aware of Efren Morales, who's like, a, I don't know yeah. if people even remember that he's a homegrown player that Atlanta he was fine. <laughs> I remember the letdown everybody felt after Darren Neal's cryptic <laughs> tweet about Efren Morales, but he's like a six, <laughs> he's like six foot four central. Yeah, he's, yeah he's huge. Right? He's yeah. like a tree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's pretty, it looks like he's transitioned to a defensive midfield role, uh, yeah. which apparently is more natural for him. And I think that that's right. Uh, Cause he's pretty slow footed. So you don't really want a player like that as a center back. So he just kind of, gets beaten, topples over. So which he did at times in USL. So he's like he, a young he, Jeff. He, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh well like he, he's he like trained Nemanja with Manchester Matic. United. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say he's like almost like an Emmanuel Matic like size uh midfielder, right? Like mm-hmm. he's really tall and kind of lanky. Um, and he's put he's put some weight on. I think he still has more weight he needs to put on. Like when they first signed him, he was like sticks, like just super skinny. So um he has some development that he has to go through, but just just a little note that it looks like he's changed position because he was playing center back. Okay. For some reason I prior. thought he was brought in as a as a number six whenever he signed, but it is like he was kind of a number six slash slash center back and he had played center back with USL, but it looks like they're gonna go forward with him as a defensive midfielder, which I think is the right call. I hope that he can get some um coaching from Alonso. Because that would mm-hmm. be I mean, if he's gonna play a center defensive mid midfield role. Uh, Alonso would be a great guy to talk to and to grow up with guys like Sosa uh, and Ibarra as well. Like they're, you know, they're further along in, in their path and to have him come up, those would be some great guys to learn from because they're still learning too. Yeah. And that's the, that's the great benefit of having a player like Ozzy Alonso is that his, Mm -hmm. like his knowledge can be shared like throughout like so many different players, you know, like, like, it's not like it's only like one player that he's able to to help. He's, like you said, he, there's Abara, Sosa, you know, anyone who can pick up something off a player who has that much experience. It's great for everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. There's definitely going to be like a revolving door. I feel like at center back. Um, I mean, I think that I don't. Alan Franco is probably not with us for the long term. We already had Paul Maris sniffing around trying to pick him up, uh, take him to Brazil. Right? Is that? Yeah. Is that one of the rumors like um, probably about a month ago? Was it him that Palmeiras was trying to swoop in and take well, like take one of our players I think, on loan? I think Palmeiras was, was in for Barco, I thought. Okay. I thought they were in for Barco. But they but they were in for Franco when Atlanta was trying to sign him. Oh, or the gotcha. least reports okay. that, gotcha. that they were. Were they Joe? Were they really? But well, I don't, yeah, that you never know. Brazilian clubs yeah. is you never know. But I don't. I don't think Alan Franco's here for the long term. I think Miles Robinson is close to a transfer, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this time next year George Campbell is gone. Um, I think it was Sao Paulo who were trying. To oh, get. maybe it was Sao Paulo. I just uh, I rate the guy probably the highest in terms of potential on our back line. Uh, but how think, much time do you have in his contract? I don't know that it matters. To be honest, I think that. It, like Joe said, I didn't even think about how much time he's going to see due to U.S. men's national team duty from Miles Robinson. And most likely that, you know, between suspensions or rotation with midweek games and that sort of thing, you're going to see him a lot. And I, I was very impressed when I saw him last year. And if you could see him for like an extended period this year, Good just boy. his age, his his physicality, um, he's just so imposing. When you watch yeah. him, that corner that he scored or no, it was a free kick that he scored off of, right? No, it was, uh, it was a corner. I think it was a corner. He was anyway, towering was over. <laughs> yeah, he, I know. That was such a powerful. <laughs> it's like, who is this kid? Like, he's fucking yeah. enormous. He's athletic. Yeah. He's got pretty damn good positional awareness outside of. I think Came up as a midfielder. 
Oh, I mean, that makes sense. I was going to say two years ago, I think he got brought in and gave up a lead as like a fourth or third center back. Uh, but other than that, I mean, my, that's a rite of passage that happened to miles in uh, in Houston or Dallas or one of the two, whenever uh, um, mm. Tata was here, but yeah, I don't, I mean, we have other cover too, right? I mean, there's a reason we signed Bryce Washington last year, right? He's supposed to be like kind of emergency cover back there. Um, even though we released, I don't know. It, it was, I think I'm, I'm happy for Anton walks. Cause I don't know that he, I think he was fourth in the pecking order, uh, coming into the season. I think he was yeah. probably behind George Campbell, mostly due to that athleticism difference. Yeah. There's, there's some interesting players there. Bryce Washington, he's been playing some right back, um, He's played like, you know, when when the twos were in a back three, he would play like the right sided center back. Um, but he can kind of play that center back right back. He played center back mainly in college, but I, he played right back in the friendly that they played uh, the first friendly against the storm. Was it? Um, but also Aiden McFadden has also been playing uh, at right wing back for Atlanta United in these friendlies. And he's looked good as well. So the the twos has really, I think, been a really great chance for these guys to develop and and mature their game so that they're actually pushing some of these players um in, in the first team oh absolutely i totally agree with that it's it's you know you compare <clears throat> like a team like orlando who has a pretty strong starting 11 but then it drops off pretty quick after that i mean just looking at our roster i feel like i'm, I'm re- getting really excited about this roster i feel like a, we've got a lot of depth here at all the positions apart from left wing, uh, and I would say striker too. Um, but there's a lot there. There's a lot coming through the pipeline. There's a lot to be hopeful for, and I agree. I think the twos have been absolutely fantastic for us. Yeah. All right. I don't know about you guys, but Can't five o'clock comes early. <laughs> I got to cut and run. You're going you're gonna to end up – are you going to start doing the Jocko thing, or are you going to start posting your Apple Watch – Every morning at no, because I know Dan oh, yeah. sees it, and that's all that matters. Is he sees it, <laughs> and that's all that I care about. Yeah, we're up early for different reasons, but it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, man. It's uh, it's fun. been a pleasure, Joe. It this can't be the. I don't think this can be the last time. In good conscience, this can't be the, the last time you're on the season. So definitely, um, not. definitely, yeah. Can I have five more minutes of Joe's time? I want to ask him about two players. <laughs> I can stay on. I got. I got nothing going on. So exactly, Kevin can leave. Um, no, Kevin. What? <laughs> two, two guys that have come up recently, and that apparently Darren and Boca have gone to Argentina looking at. Oh, One yeah. is uh, Luca Martinez Dupuy. He is a center forward. Um, he's pretty. He's he's twenty, but the guy who just came across the Twitter radar, and it's not confirmed that Atlanta United really have any interest in him is Julio Enciso. Mm-hmm. Um plays for Asuncion in Paraguay. Uh checked out some of his highlights. He kind of feels like well initially he had a move set up to Brighton apparently right, for 10 right. million and it fell out, fell apart because of personal reasons. Uh, and apparently there's an unnamed MLS club that is interested. Um I don't know if we'd be able to fit him into a U 22 spot if the asking price is 10 million but he seems like a guy that eric lopez could be mm, or, or, yeah. or the guy we wanted eric lopez to be kind of similar to like a santiago rodriguez but maybe not as i i don't think as aggressive as and fast as he was but he seems like a legit jig guy in terms of um 
the tackling he can do. I mean, mm-hmm. I know they're highlights, but it's it's what I got. So yeah. <laughs> right. uh, he seems like a decent tackler. He seems relatively fast, not Tito fast, but pretty fast, and has an eye for goal, and he plays that sort of second striker role that we, we're looking for. Mm-hmm. So whether he plays alongside Joseph or even as you know a replacement for him, he's still young. He's 18, but he could be a guy that we could be looking to bring in. Have you heard anything yeah. about well, this guy? Uh, I haven't heard anything about him specifically to Atlanta United. I, I would say, and I, and I don't know a ton about either of these two players, but they do kind of play, I think, the position that would be what Atlanta United is looking for out of this U22 signing, which is to be a player that can play on the wing, can play as the as a backup striker to Joseph if need be, and also kind of be like a different kind of backup striker that Jackson Conway would be. It's almost like you don't right. need a solidified number two. If you have Jackson Conway as one option to be the backup and then another kind of quicker, speedier Tito Vialba type player to be a player that who could play as a backup, that gives you different options as the manager as to like who you would want to put in in different situations. Maybe if you're holding onto a lead, you wouldn't want to put a guy like Jackson Conway in who could hold the ball up, you know, yeah. play a little stronger do that kind of thing. So uh, I definitely think that that is the kind of position they will look for, for this U 22 slot. It seems to me like it's going to be that Martinez Dupuy guy. Um, It just seems like that based on the reporting. I would say though, that a $10 million signing could be a U 22 slot player. Um, Their salary would just have to be below the 612 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to be use any TAM on their salary, which is going, that's the limiting factor with these guys. Yeah, I think Jackson could do with some competition, to be honest with you, because yeah, definitely. I don't think Eric Lopez, Kubo was really any competition because he was a completely different thing that we were using him for. And Conway was just like, well, I'm kind of the young kid, so I'm here. We're using him for, to be honest, but that's just me. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're using him for time wasting. That's all we <laughs> used him for. for. Just yeah, sal- salary wasting? Yeah. Yeah, cap <laughs> wasting, I think, is what the, the term what you're was. looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So salary yeah. wasting is on. Chronic yeah. salary wasting disease is what he yeah. had. It's uh, yeah, it's running rampant. No, um, yeah, we have to, uh, we have to, yeah, there's so much more to talk about before the season. Well, great. We can talk soon. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, it's a good thing now, we got a whole the time month. before baseball gets going. So, yeah. <laughs> oh God, you just angered the entirety of uh, Atlanta United. <laughs> Stick to soccer. Yeah. Stick yeah. to soccer. Yeah, yeah, we're so insecure. Go dogs. <laughs> Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs> All right, yeah. Joe. Thank you so much for coming on, man. And until we have you back. Where can everyone find you and all the work that you're doing? Yeah, uh, at jpacker200 on Twitter, at you know Dirty South Soccer, um, and also Five Strike Final. Have a Patreon uh, podcast I do with Sam Jones, where we do like a weekly show and a lot of stuff on the training ground and stuff like that. So all good stuff. That's great. Tim, Dan, where are you guys at these days? Um, you can find me changing diapers, or you can find me on Instagram over at Tim Herb. Um. Yeah, that's it, though. You can find me at DNJMS or on the Peloton to the power of Dan. <laughs> to the power of Dan. <laughs> to the power there. of Dan! There I've it seen is. it. It's hard to find, but you can't <laughs> find it. <bro. laughs> you got to squint a little bit, but he's there. Oh, I'm there. I actually signed up for Dan's Peloton Patreon. That's why you're not getting, he keeps his. Uh, the Pella Patreon. Pella Patreon. Yeah. 
he puts the real Patreon stuff behind the, behind the paywall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still the same thing. You just watch him put it in like fifteen minutes. Of a bike. His Patreons on all his Pelotons on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes the shorts get a little short. There was like a two week period where they banned porn, and Dan was like, I'm getting in there. I'm, I, there's a vacuum to fill. <laughs> <That's my interesting. laughs> it is. It is Peloton content. This is a power vacuum <laughs> if I've ever seen one. It's like when we uh, killed Saddam Hussein, but uh, he just put a middle aged man on what the bike. book of Boba Fett's all about. <laughs> you call me middle aged, Tim. You're not, or you're not middle aged. We're all middle aged, right? Oh, we. Yeah. If anybody is, it's Dan. For me, probably. I'm probably yeah. middle aged. My wife took some pictures of me, and I looked at them, and I was like, oh my God, I am <laughs> old and <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to start plucking gray hairs. Uh, yeah. I look yeah. like uh, Johnny Lawrence out of Cobra Kai, <laughs> except without the good body. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and instead you're a, a handyman hanging TVs right now. Is that? I mean, less handyman, more Randy man. There cleaner. it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you end up with twelve laundry kids. folder. It's kind of mine. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Kevin, where can we right. find you? Do you still have the socials? Uh, I'm on Instagram. My Twitter's still out there, but at the architect, that's at the underscore ARC. He's got some pretty good one. boards on Pinterest. If you guys are interested, it's all of, weddings uh, and workout plans and D and D characters that I'll never play. A lot of uh, Kanye West's workout plan, which is a little yeah. troubling. Yeah. Oh so. yeah. Um. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we are back. We're back. We'll be back next week with a. Um, a face that's been absent from the community for far too long and has a voice that needs to be shared, we'll say. Um, maybe guessing on who that Ooh. may be. But I'll, I'll give you a hint. They're turning, the frogs, they're turning the frogs gay. That's, uh, that's my hint. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good riddle there, Tim. Mm. Uh, oh. so we'll see you guys next week. As always, be it. home before dark. 